Church, we're in a series. I was impressed about this. This is normally what we call Care Month. But I was impressed this year to make an adjustment. And the adjustment was to spend this month, and because of our guest speaker, we're going to have to go in to November a bit with this series. But to make October, rather than only Care Month, which is a very significant outreach of this ministry, but to make it vision-setting month. And so this series is entitled The Importance of the Local Church and Its Outreaches. In other words, what is God's purpose for the local church? Is a church a building? Is the only thing about a church, it's a denomination, and men head up that denomination. Is, is that primarily what church is about? That's what so many people think. They look at a building and they say, that's a church. And it is necessary for us to have buildings and facilities for a church to function. But that's a very shallow look at the church. So we want to hear what God says about the local church. Because church, you will never understand your will. You will never understand your purpose unless you know what God says in his word. And unless you understand about his purpose for the local church. So today, the outreach we're going to be presenting is care ministry. So I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Davies in just a bit. But I want us to continue. I'm going each Sunday to present an aspect of the local church. Of course, we could teach on and on and on and on about the local church, but I'm endeavoring to bring forth critical understanding of the local church. And our two key scriptures are Proverbs 29:18 in the Amplified Classic. It says, where there is no vision. Church, let me pause there and say, where you only see with your natural eyes. You've got eyes. You can have eyes, but not see. You can have ears, but not hear. So this scripture is much deeper than speaking about seeing with your natural eyes. Listen to it from the Amplified. Where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. But he who keeps the law, that is of God, which includes that of man, blessed 
happy, fortunate, and enviable is he. Now, church, I I want to stop here because I, I sensed yesterday as I was going through that scripture to pause a moment and say there were three aspects of law in Israel. There was the ceremonial law where they would sacrifice bulls and goats. There was the shedding of blood. Sometimes if you were very poor, you could bring birds to the temple and the priest would sacrifice that on your behalf. But there was the shedding of the blood of bulls and goats because man did not yet have a savior. The ceremonial law has been fulfilled on the cross of Calvary with the shedding of Jesus' blood for all men, for all time, in every generation. I'll tell you, that's the first redemptive revelation that we need to see. So when it says, but he who keeps the law of God, but but let me pause and say, the principle of sacrifice in the old covenant of bringing bulls and goats and so forth to worship God does not change in the new covenant because the principle of sacrifice is to love God, number one, and worship him, number two. So the principle of the ceremonial law goes through the cross and into the new covenant. Why do we make sacrifices to the Lord? That we may love the Lord our God and worship him. But the ceremonial law was fulfilled in the cross of Calvary. Then there was the civil law, according to the culture of the day. And that we, we were gent, we're Gentiles after the flesh, so to speak. And so we're not under the civil law, although there are some good points in the civil law. And then, church, there is the moral law. The moral law of God has never passed away because the moral law reveals God's nature and God's will. God's nature and God's will has not changed. And so, church, what is the moral law? Well, in the Old Covenant, it was summarized in the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before you is the same in the Old Covenant as in the New. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and with all your strength. Now, in the New Covenant, we're under the law of love. The Old Covenant said, Thou shalt not steal. In the new covenant, can you steal from someone and walk in love? No, you're you're not loving someone when you steal someone. Can you commit adultery in the old covenant? Please, God, no. Well, can you commit adultery in the new covenant and please God and love your neighbor as yourself? It's impossible. 
So the moral law, which reveals God's nature and his will, has never passed away because God does not change. May I hear an amen where there is no vision. Church, you cannot have vision without the knowledge of the word of God. You will not have vision from heaven when you live within yourself, for yourself, self-centered, without the word of God, not only hearing the word, but that word of love, the word of God, abiding in your heart. You will be a person of no redemptive revelation of God. When we lack the word, we don't know the Lord. We don't understand his purposes for the church. We don't understand his purposes, his will for our lives. Church, the will of God for our life perishes. It is not fulfilled. God has a purpose for creating you. God has a destiny for you, but without vision, that means redemptive revelation of God. You'll never understand uh, God's will for your life. Hallelujah. And then the second scripture, our key scripture is Matthew 16, 17 through 18. I read the whole thing last Sunday, but this Sunday, I'm just going to read a couple of verses. Jesus was walking with his disciples and he had this question for them. Who do men say that I am? And they said, well, some say you're John the Baptist and some say you're Elijah and so on and so forth. In other words, men had their opinions, but Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Listen, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. In other words, church, where does redemptive revelation come from? The father who is in heaven. This is where we get our understanding. Yes, words may even be spoken through the mouth of a man or woman of God, but there are people sitting in here who are hearing today from heaven. Even as I speak, God is working in your heart, and I pray not, but there may be some who are not even listening. They're thinking about the football match. They're going to rush home and watch as soon as church is over. And so one may be receiving redemptive revelation from heaven and another is not receiving. It depends upon if you've got eyes to see and ears to hear from heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, no longer Simon, don't know what you believe, don't know what you're going to do with your life. You do one thing for a few days, you're over here, you're over there, you're tossed to and fro. No, you're no longer going to be like that, Simon. But from today, you are Peter. 
This is when you begin to become strong in the Lord, when you can receive revelation from heaven. And on this rock, that means of redemptive revelation from heaven, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What is the church? Jesus is speaking of his church here. What is the church? Church, the word comes from ecclesia in the Greek, and it means the called out ones, the ones who are called out of darkness and into light by the power of the blood of Jesus. It means to come out of the world and begin to live in the kingdom of God. Yes, we're in the world, but church, we are not of the world. And our life is hidden with Christ in God, and we are already living in the kingdom of God if we live by the word of God. May I hear an amen. And so we... What is the church? The called out ones. You do not receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord and continue to live exactly as you have been living. Oh, you may kind of look the same on the outside, but on the inside you've been born again. And God, through the Holy Spirit, Christ lives within you. You have an anointing within you, abiding within you to teach you and train you and be everything to you. This holy one who lives within you is to be closer to you than father, mother, sister, brother, husband, wife, the one living within you, is to be your number one beloved one. You don't love anyone or anything above your love for God. You will not truly be part of the church. If you just pray a prayer of salvation and you don't receive the power of God, the life of God into your heart to transform your life. We're not to be born again and then go on living as though we have no redemptive revelation of God. Jesus said, I will build you. I will build your life if you will surrender to me. Church, may I hear an amen. That makes us the body of Christ. We're called over and over again in Scripture the body of Christ. Just as when Jesus, for Jesus to come to earth and pay the price for the sin of all men, he had to have a body. And so God visited through the angel Gabriel. He visited Mary. And she conceived a child in her womb while she was still a virgin. 
by the Holy Spirit overshadowing her life. Jesus had a body for 33 and a half years before he went to the cross. Why is that? Because earth has been given to men. Earth has, men have been given authority on earth. Therefore, Christ came in the flesh to do your will, O God, he said. I am here to do your will, O God. Listen, this age will come to an end. But for right now, men are still in authority on earth. Even Jesus told us, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose. Church, it takes a flesh flesh and blood man to bind and loose. Don't think, why doesn't God do something about this situation or that situation? And all the while, God has given men authority on earth. Well, see, God still has to have a body, a flesh and blood body for his will to be released on earth. It won't always be that way, but it is in this age. And so, church, we're God's body. Only in, That's why Jesus said, it's better for you if I go. And when I go, I'm going to ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit. And he will abide with you forever instead of one Jesus. His mission was to seek and save the lost. Now, there are many members of the body of Christ. Church, are you seeing this? So, the church is the body of Christ. God still needs a flesh and blood body who believes him, lives by the word, operates in faith and love in the earth. So I, want, I think it's important to make this point. A church, the church, is not a stone structure. It's not a physical building. There are many churches in the UK which used to send out so many missionaries that are standing empty and have even been converted into restaurants and bed and breakfast and hotels, all kinds of things. See, it's not the building. The church is the people. The church is a spiritual structure, not a physical structure. And it is made up of every born-again believer. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 27 in the New Living says, All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Church, that's profound. I am a part 
of Christ's body in the earth. You are a part of Christ's body in the earth. And if the will of God is going to be done on earth, church, it is done through Christ's body. Colossians 1 and verse 18 says, And he is the head of the body, the church. The church is the body of Christ. He is the head. He, Jesus, is the head of this church. 1 Peter 2, 5 says, You also are like living stones, And God is using you to build a spiritual house. This is the easy-to-read version. Let me read that again. Listen carefully. You also are like living stones. And God is using you to build a spiritual house. You are to serve God in this house as holy priests, offering him spiritual sacrifices that he will accept because of Jesus Christ. So church, this concept of the church is so essential for vision. I'm so grateful we've been building. Church, we have more stones and concrete and so on and so forth. Uh, We're believing uh, I've got a big vision that involves construction, but we could get the whole thing done. And if we don't know God, we're not preaching his word and we're not committed to serving God in the earth through the local church. We've built this for no reason. It's just a physical structure But the most significant part is that we build a spiritual local church here, committed to doing the will of God. May I hear a good amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And then 1 Corinthians 3, 9 in the Amplified Bible, Paul was writing, for we are God's fellow workers. See, it's not just God doing something, but the church is God's body and we're his fellow workers, his servants working together. You Now listen to what God calls the church. You are God's cultivated field, his garden, his vineyard, God's building. God, everyone say, God's building. The local church, the people in the local church are God's building. So, first, obviously, the primary thing you should notice in uh, about a genuine local church that God can use to fulfill his wor- uh, will in uh, our generation, is that that church teaches the uncompromising word of God. 
That's the first thing you look for. In a word, local church, it's, it's the primary thing. Because what did Jesus say? I will build my church. And church, it's on the word, the rock of revelation. Revelation from heaven, the word of God. God revealing his word to us that God builds his church. So that's the first thing you look for is the word of God taught without compromise, without apology, without watering it down to try to attract people. Because church, there are churches today that when you go into them, you really can't tell so much difference between them and the people of the world. There's no conviction of sin. No conviction to change. No conviction to repent and do the will of God. So you look for the word to be taught. And then this is my point today about the local church. Is that another primary characteristic. This is uh, something that is very important. Is that the local church should be that of fellowship and community. There is fellowship in the local church and community. But fellowship, we may not really understand this word fellowship. It's a significant word. It's a spiritual word. And the word fellowship Uh, We find it in Acts 2 and verse 42 in the New Living Translation. And it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. This word fellowship is the Greek word koinonia, K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A, koinonia. Let's speak Greek this morning. Everyone say koinonia. Oh, you're very good. So this word koinonia, I, I want to bring some understanding today, not just Simply define it. It means living in community together. You know, we have a phrase in Kenya, we are together. I don't know how many times I've heard that. Hundreds and hundreds, if not more than that. We are together, yes, in Kenya. So we have a good working definition In Kenya, if we'll just bring it up a notch into the spiritual level, that's a good definition of the word koinonia. I want to go further, though. I want to say it is family. I want to bring understanding today, not just define it. It is family. Maybe not by DNA, 
Everyone say DNA. Like we have brothers and sisters here that are related by DNA. We have fathers, mothers, and children that are related. We have some grandmothers and their grown children come here and their grandchildren come here. And so they are related by DNA. But church, the word koinonia in Christ's body in the earth means we are related by love. Koinonia. We are family. How are we related? We're related by love. By God's love that is shed abroad in our heart through the Holy Spirit. It is agape. Agape. The love of God causes us supernaturally to be related and to be a part of the body of Christ. Koinonia is expressed by unity. It is expressed by unity inwardly. You are one with God. You are you are in union and communion with God. So koinonia is expressed inwardly and outwardly. That love of God that came into our hearts when we were born again is now shared in unity with other believers. So koinonia is expressed inwardly and church is expressed outwardly. Inwardly and outwardly. We have fellowship, union, and communion with God inwardly. And we have fellowship, union, and communion with one another outwardly. Let me continue with understanding of this wonderful word, koinonia. It means sharing together in a common purpose. That could even be having the vision of a local per church. In other words, our purpose is to worship God. We share that together. Our purpose is to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and being. We share that together. And church, our purpose in expressing koinonia is to obey him. And we share that together to obey him. We work together and, and we have that as our purpose, that together we obey him. And then that works its way outwardly, that we love one another, we serve one another, we are there for one another. Each one of us is a part of Christ's body, so we have unique fellowship together. Our fellowship as members of the body of Christ is unique. You may even be closer to members of the body of Christ than you are with many of your family members because of the uniqueness of the agape love of God that we share. But let's look even a bit deeper at understanding this word, Fellowship. 
Church True Fellowship among believers is not just doing anything together. You know, where we, there is truth in saying, oh, I met so-and-so for coffee and we had such good fellowship. Okay, that's a level of fellowship and that's good. I'm, I'm not discounting that. That's good. But it's not just having a cup of coffee together and calling that fellowship. True Christian koinonia fellowship is doing the will of God together. Doing the will of God together. So Christian fellowship isn't primarily eating together, watching Manchester United beat somebody in a match or or getting together, the men all get together and they have a soccer match or the girls all get together and have a soccer match. That's good. It's fine. We're for it. We're not against that. We're for it. But true fellowship according to the word of God, is when we actively do the will of God together. We actively do the will of God together. We participate together to accomplish God's will on earth. That means we have a unique relationship with Christ because of his shed blood I've become a part of his body and we have a unique relationship with each other because of the agape love of God and if I take my unique relationship with Christ and I join it with my unique relationship with you church we can do more together to accomplish the will of God that we can do individually. So that's the root meaning of the word fellowship. We are together, but we are together to accomplish the will of God in the earth. Koinonia is being together and doing the will of God together. So, having said all of this, church, can you see that I can't do all the will of God for my life by myself? And you cannot do all the will of God. Let me point my bony finger at you. You cannot do all the will of God for your life unless you are in koinonia, in a local church. And then we join together to do God's will. Ephesians 3 and verses 8 through 11. Listen to this. This is a bit long, but it is so, so good. Paul is writing in Ephesians 3. When it came, this is the message. When it came to presenting the message to people, who had no background in God's way. These are the Gentiles. 
The Jews had a background. None of us had a background. We were Gentiles. I was the least qualified of any of the available Christians. God saw to it that I was equipped, but you can be sure that it had nothing to do with my natural abilities. And so here I am, preaching and writing about things that are way over my head. The inexhaustible riches and generosity of Christ. My task is to bring it out in the open and make plain what God, who created all this in the first place, has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. Through followers of Jesus, like yourselves, gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. Don't take that down. That, that's the one that I want to emphasize. Let's read that together. Through followers of Jesus like yourselves, gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. Well, I looked in translation after translation, seeking to find vocabulary that could explain the purpose of the church of Jesus Christ. And I found it in the Message Bible. It's when followers of Jesus, like ourselves here in Victory Faith Church today, through us, this extraordinary plan of God, as we have committed to hearing and doing God's will in this local church is becoming known. God's will, God's love, God's word, God's Holy Spirit is becoming known through followers of Jesus who are gathered in local churches with the unifying purpose of doing the will of God. We can't do it all when we act like a lone ranger, but when we come together in the local church, you know the Bible says two is better than one. Hallelujah, I'm going to read that in just a moment. I had this question when I found that and read it in the Message Bible. I had this thought, I wonder if the angels are talking about Victory Faith Church yet. When the will of God is being done, do you know it causes conversation among the angels? Church, I don't know about you, but I want to do the will of God. I believe that's your will too. May I hear an amen? Well, if we will be, if we will gather together and commit to do the will of God, it will cause us to even be a part of the conversation of the angels.
Hallelujah. We have several expressions of this kind of koinonia in Victory Faith Church. One of them we presented last week, the ministry of KSCF, making known the, the message of Christ through evangelism. And by the way, I was told after the service that the report that I was given was not as complete as it needs to be. I was told that we have like 48 workers and we're in 25 churches. <clears throat> but actually, I was told that in full, in total, in 2018, we're in 73 churches. Sorry, schools. 73 schools. But where the 25 was, we're evangelism, evangelizing and discipling in 25 schools. But we're evangelizing in 73 schools. We could be discipling. That is weekly ministry. We could be discipling in 73 schools if we had more workers. But discipleship is a weekly commitment to go in and be with the uh, high school children on a weekly basis to disciple and mentor and pray with them and and counsel and so on and so forth. Mary and Derry said something very significant to me after the service last week. She said, Pastor, I wish people would not feel like, oh, I don't speak well. I, I can't do KSCF ministry. She said, let the ones who speak well uh, do that. But she said, everyone who goes, when, when the meeting is dismissed, the high schoolers come up to them and say, my family has broken up. My home is broken. I, my school fees are not paid. It is one issue after another that they need an adult to listen. You don't have to preach to be part of KSCF. They need arms put around them. They need hugs. They need support. They need love. They need encouragement that you may counsel them. They need prayer. Church, are you with me? And so I want to encourage you to be part of KSCF. And even Gladys and, and Godfrey McKendu and I, I don't know who all else, they will be back at the back at the end of the service today. And if you want to sign up for KSCF, they're prepared to register you and begin training you. And you do not have to be a preacher. You just have to have this agape love of God in your heart and you reach out with a heart of love to the high school students. This week, church, we're presenting care ministry. This is our small group outreach care. I'm going to let Pastor Davies bring this forth. It means Christians assisting, responding, evangelizing. And years ago, starting in about 2000, 
Pastor Wade began reading. He read several books. He studied. I can say he prayed, 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 and prepared for two years to institute home groups, care groups in uh, this church. The purpose, the equipping of the leaders, how it would minister to people personally and strengthen them, providing relationships with one another, all of when he originally prayed, studied, planned, and brought this forth, I'm going to let Pastor Davies tell you about that, was centered around the purpose of this church fulfilling God's will. That's what care is all about. And let me read you one last scripture concerning this ministry based on Koinonia, Ecclesiastes 4, beginning with verse 9. Ecclesiastes 4, and beginning with verse 9 says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. You'll never do all the will of God that he's ordained for your life by yourself. We're going to have to help one another fulfill the will of God. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Understand this, church. The will of God is done through his church, through true fellowship, koinonia, with one another. And the complete will of God will not be done any other way. Just remember this, we're still doing the book of Acts. The church is still writing the book of Acts. Pastor Davies, would you come up please? Well, good afternoon. I'm here now, I've heard people talking about me, how I slept, how I ran, I don't know where, but <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Carla. Yeah, the care ministry, such a big uh, outreach of, of this ministry, uh, of this church, again, as Pastor Carla said, is a uh, Care standing for Christians, assisting, responding, and evangelizing. She's really made up good points over there. Even, let, let's go to the last scripture that she's read. Let me start right over there. The last scripture that you've read says two people are better off than one, 
for they can help each other succeed. And I do believe that's what you've been called as the body of Christ. To help each other succeed. In our gathering, I, I like what she said, uh, um, meeting two people, true, true actually fellowship, Christian fellowship, is meeting to do God's will, God's purpose. Because there are so many people who meet out there, but do they meet really to do God's will and God's purpose? And I, I can connect that years ago. I thought of this scripture where two or three are gathered in my name, Jesus said. You gather in my name, there am I in the midst of them. But there are so many people who gather, you know, not in, in, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. But gathering to do the will of God. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in really trouble. One person falls, the, the, the two people, sorry. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. We see that assisting, actually. We can assist each other. One falls, the other one can, uh, can reach out and help. Thus we find that the first C is Christians, the second one is assisting. That we can have true Christian, Christian assisting one another in the care fellowship level and responding. Uh, still, you find that reaching out and help is responding to each one other, other needs. It's the compassion of Christ. And one of, the, one of the signs of the end time, the Bible says this, the love of many shall grow cold. That there is really no, really no true compassion. But as believers in Christ, we're supposed to develop in that compassion. We can reach out to people with the love of God. We can have a genuine, true worship when we gather because we carry a different spirit and this can happen so much in our care fellowships and, and responding and evangelizing, which I'll be talking a bit later in reaching out to our community. It is a community home fellowship ministry. It is a community home fellowship ministry during the training, which you went, you know, I think I went the latter part of 2001 and, and 2002 when Pastor Wade. Anyone who was in 2002, I think I was, the Mburus were there. Yeah, Dr. Ndiga, were you in college or are you? You in college then? Yeah, doctor was in college. Who else was that 2002? The Mburus, I know for sure. Brother Steve, yeah, come out was there and... The Mburus are there. The Mburus have always been there. I don't know. <laughs> and then uh, who, was, who was there in the, that training in 2002? I think we have a few of us here. But that took a long time. I think it took about nine months training. Why is that so? I had Pastor Wade say over and over again how it took him quite some time praying. For this, uh, for this ministry. Reason being, wanted that pastoral anointing to be passed over to the leaders that they may carry the same compassion the pastors have in reaching out to people week after week and really take care of people. And, and, and let, me, let me give you 
an example of the reality of a local church. Unless we are five in a local church, a pastor can be able to touch every believer every week. But that's not the case. In reality, a pastor cannot have a personal touch on every believer every week. However, trained care leaders or care hosts are able to. You understand what I'm talking about? And are able to do what? To quote-unquote touch others in weekly fellowship and, and by worshiping the Lord together, praying together, it's a sense of family as they meet every week. Which happens, an example, it happens. We gather here on, on, on Sundays and, and we gather here also on Wednesdays. Few of us come for, for prayer, prayer service on Wednesdays. But if it only just be the only day you can come to church and meet and do something together as true Christians, true fellowship, is only Sunday, then that scripture is not happening of angels talking about what is happening there. Let me, let me read it out again. Do you have it? That scripture? Okay. Not that one, the, the other one, message translation, Ephesians 3. Uh, the last part, that was verse 10, caught my attention. Where is that? Okay. Through followers of Jesus, like yourselves, gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. We want that church. We desire that church. That they can say, can you hear what is happening in Victory Faith? If an angel is sent to another church for an assignment, they say, next time I want to go to Victory Faith. Next time I want to attend their Wednesday prayer meeting. You know, talking about care fellowship. Next time I want to go for that care fellowship because there's so much declaration of the will of God. What do angels do? They hearken to the voice of his word. They respond to the will of God. And that's what is supposed to happen. Now, in a sense, it is a sense, care minutes, a sense of family as they meet Every week, as you meet every week, there comes the word assisting and responding, as I've already told you, from experience, church members who belong to a care group are accountable. That I know for sure. And sometimes it has happened, church, that after a long time, maybe that's when you start sensing like, so-and-so is no longer here. Where did they go to? And I've heard like, oh, such and such thing happened to them. But no one knew. They're not accountable. But from experience, I'm telling you from experience, a person who who is in a care fellowship and kind of being in a sense of that small groups as a family, when something needing attention that they need in their own lives, it's so easy to reach out to those people than the ones who don't belong. Thank you for, the, for your enthusiasm, but it's the truth. It's, it really is the truth. And, and you know, I've, I've had even some, some recently, recently, a certain individual started coming up in my heart. And I'm started thinking like, where is so-and-so? I called the secretary. I haven't seen so-and-so for some time. Only to realize the person even went away and no one knew. There's no accountability. There isn't at all. That should not be in the kingdom of God. 
Let me say something here about pastoral covering. How important that is about true pastoral covering. If a member of the body of Christ knows that they belong to a local church, they draw, so to speak, their life out of that local church. God will speak to them. God will instruct them. God will show them the way they should go. If they could only listen to what is being presented in that local church. Now, if ever time comes that they have to move to another place, and God is working with them, it's honorable for that member of the church, member of that body, to approach his leaders. And how do you do that? In a submissive way. I've had to do this, Pastor Carl, in, in circumstances. I've told her this. Pastor Carl, listen to me carefully concerning this issue. I am not dictating. If you don't see it, I don't have to do it, and we don't have to do it. But if you see it, let me know what you sense concerning this whole issue. That's submission in, in, in presenting something before those in authority. That's so important in the local church. And you know, a pastor cannot, a true pastor, and I know that's exactly what we endeavor to do in what God has called us to do. A true pastor wouldn't tell you, don't do it. And you, you knowing that is the will of God. No, a true pastor will sense the presence of God in it. And if it's not going to happen that time, by counsel, in a multitude of counselors, shall a matter be established. Can be told this, I sense it's not the time yet. It is the right thing to do, but it's not the time yet. Why don't you believe for the timing of God, for God to show us, so that when you are stepping into it, it's the right time, and it bears much fruit for the kingdom of God. How does it come? There comes accountability, church. There has to be accountability in the local church. And care groups actually opens up such an atmosphere that we are accountable to one another. Thank you for your enthusiasm, but it's the truth. And so in the training, in the nine months training that we went through, the whole purpose was this. Pastor Wade kept saying that the desire to come to a place to have nowadays, we call them, you know, in the modern church, they're calling them satellite churches. In other words, a group grows in an area that has so much impact, let's say in a certain estate, so much impact and the callings of God in and the gifting of God in an individual, they are even visible because of them being faithful, taking care of that group. To the point now, God can even speak to the pastor and say this, that one I have called into the ministry. You start the work of the ministry in that area. That's what, how he presented it. In other words, listen church, as Victory Faith Church, we can spread all over this city and impact this city to the glory of God. And we multiply. We have more impact that way. And that's the whole plan of it. God is calling us to rise up. God is calling us to stand up so that we may do much in the kingdom of God. I have a part of that of evangelizing. I want to speak something about it. That, that is the, the E part of our 
care, Christians assisting, responding, and evangelizing. Those are, this is a testimony in 2010 where we had a, we, we, we used to call, even last year we call this month of October our care month. And I was leading one of the groups where we went to Marurui on 20th October 2010 to then call Joy Vision Center and it brought forth fruit to the glory of God and this ended up being our home Nairobi that has changed the destiny of these children. I remember when you were, we were being told uh, we are planning, I think, Jean and Susan and was it Jean and Susan, planning to go to a bigger home. That's what we are looking at. You know, a bigger place. We were about uh, 60 of us. I didn't think about, yes, that's a, about, about 60 of us, 40 or 60. I think about 50 to 60 others. Uh, and we had some youths. But we are looking forward, I was looking forward to be told of, uh, we are going to a big home. Anyhow, we had to go to one place, it didn't work out. We had to go to another place, it didn't work out. The final few days before this, that's, that outreach of 20th October 2010, I'm told we are going to Marurui in a slum area, and we are going to our home. And this home had 19 children then when you went there. And they were between, I think, four and nine years old. I thought, how can this be? About 50, 60 adults going to crowd in a home of about 19 children. But I think it was a day or two before the actual outreach. So somehow I felt like I don't have any other way. We having to go, to, to go there for that outreach. And surely we did. On that 20th of October. Listen to their testimony. What follows next. This is the part of evangelizing. That we can have impact. We can walk in God's plans and purpose. And bring fruit that will glorify the Lord our God. This was their testimony from on the leaders then. It was on 20th October, Mashuja Day. When Victory Faith Church Garden Estate Fellowship. Came to visit our center. After issuing out the gifts which they had brought for the children, they gave us lessons about Joseph. The directors became interested and desired for the children to be undertaken by biblical lessons. We didn't have the means in which the children would reach the church since some of the children were too young to walk. Can you imagine how these are guys, some of them are in, uh, Eric is in the, in the U.S. He's doing what? He's in high school, actually. 11th grade. Uh, Eric is in the U.S. He was among of those children. I think he was nine years then. We have guys here. Josephat is in the university. Where is Josephat? Josephat is in the university. Is not. Oh yeah. Come on, stand up. I wish I'd brought these photos about you guys. In that that. Now that guy is in the university. That was in 2010. You are like what? What age? Ten years. Then we have several others in high school. Thank you. Maybe see Eric Kiman is sitting for his exam. You know this 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 year this year. Where's Eric Kiman? That tall guy. None of them was taller than me. Now think about. Look at these guys. I mean, and several other. Thank you. And several others standing over, sitting over here. Come on, stand up from those who came from. We were you are there with the, when you came for the first outreach. Come on, stand up, please. 
What was that? Ruth, you're there. Vivian, you're there. Ruth, you're there. You don't have to look at each other. Now, these guys were like four years, five years. Thank you. So small, but some of them are in boarding schools. Yeah, you can appreciate the Lord for what he's done in their lives. Just think about that. Of going there. This is their testimony. It was, we didn't have the means in which to, the children would reach the church since some of the children were too young to walk. Now, these are the ones who are too young to walk then. It was at that time we called Pastor Davis to inquire where the church, whether the church would provide us with transportation. I came and inquired with the pastors and we agreed, yes, go, let's go ahead and do so. And Pastor Davis responded in affirmative to call, to our call. And on 28th November 2010, the oncoming Sunday, we were privileged to attend Victory Faith Church for the first time. Praise be to God. Listen to this on what happened on that 28th November. We had a warm welcome right from the gate to the church door. It was pleasing to look at how the paths were neatly arranged and magnificent flowers. We are also met with beautiful smiles and hugs from the church ushers who welcomed us to the church Sunday school. Victory Faith was really a church in the garden. They learned about obedience and four of them got saved. After the service, they were provided with snacks and juices. None of the children, when they came here, was born again. They became born again. I won't go into step by step of this, but I, I, will, I will summarize. On 5th December, they all attended the main church whereby they met visitors from Agape Faith Church USA. They learned about God. Can, God can, gives more and more. Two of them got saved and were prayed for in the main church by the senior pastor. Third Sunday, it was a celebration Sunday at the Sunday school. They learned about the birth of Jesus and six of them got saved. They celebrate once again with lots of snacks and sodas. Now, the student didn't have that. And in the fourth Sunday, 19th December, they attended the main church and watched a play about the ten virgins and about the birth of Jesus. It was a great day since our matron, who had attended Victory Faith Church as a first church in her life, got saved. Now, that's destiny changing, yeah? Now, that's laying up treasures in heaven. Really, that's laying up treasures. That's recorded in heaven. Coming from Victory Faith. Listen, since then, they started attending Victory Faith Church. Their prayer life has changed. Four of them are now spirit-filled and other with great desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They met wonderful teachers, very loving children, and have learned Sunday school rules and many new songs. They have attended different churches before coming to Victory Faith and came out empty. Thanks to Victory Faith Church for taking the burden of supporting these souls to bring them closer to God. We believe the remaining will get saved, and that's exactly what happened, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Seven, eight years later, that's exactly what has happened. Their lives completely changed. And what happened, the year later, I think two years later, that was April 2012, this became now our home, Nairobi. Lesson from this church. In Psalm 37 verse 23, the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. The, uh, uh, the Passion Translation says the steps of the good Pursuing, listen to this, 
I wish I had it there. But the Passion Translation of the same scripture, that 7.23 says this, The steps of the God-pursuing ones follow firmly in the footsteps of the Lord. And God delights in every step they take to follow him. This brought fruit into the kingdom of God. And listen to this church. How important this ministry is. Can you imagine of that Christians sitting together, assisting, responding to the need, going out evangelizing, brought in, among other things that have happened over the years, brought in these children into the kingdom of God, and their destiny is changed forever because of a simple obedience to do the will of God. Let me tell you something about this. Seemingly, church insignificant steps in honor of our Lord Jesus Christ can change others' destiny forever. It may be that Friday evening you leave your, your, your house and you're making that step to go for fellowship, like what Pastor Carla said. As Christians, we are going to have true fellowship in the will of God. You make that step. And listen, in the heavens, things are happening because one's destiny is being changed by your obedience to do the will of God. In something that we don't even, listen, we don't understand everything concerning what happens when we do what we do in obedience to God. But one thing we know is this, heaven responds. And one thing we know is this, the will of God is being done. And another thing we know is that destinies of other people's lives are changed because of our obedience to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. God uses our obedience to the word to change other people's lives. Don't ever forget that. Malin Koech has been uh, hosting a group in Zimmerman. If you can be coming up for, for many years, I don't know how many years. Philip and Malin Koech. Philip is our husband. She's been hosting. They, be, they both have been hosting for so many years. But I have, you know, there are so many wonderful care groups. We could have called them to come up. But there's something that, that strikes me in her group. And I want her to give a testimony of what does uh, hosting mean to you, Miss Marie. Good afternoon, church. It's a delight to be here. Uh, Pastor, you don't know. I may have to hold it for you. Thank you. Um, it's very nice for me to be here, even talking about care. For me, hosting care is the best thing that happened to me. I've enjoyed care because it's like through the week I'm stirred up to be what God wants me to be. The word spoken here on Sunday does not just leave me. I keep on digesting it because you don't want to have people coming to you and you're not prepared for them. It's always so exciting seeing my people coming and us being together. I look forward to Friday evening. Tell me, what is it so special about you with the youth? I yeah, they, really, there are several. Any youth you've ever been invited here by Marlene? Several of them. Jennifer, you go to that group, I think. Uh, you, several of you, can lift up your hands. Come on, yeah, I see them, I see them. There's a special anointing upon you for young people. Pastor, for me, um, youths mean 
next generation for me. If I went with what I have, then I've not achieved. But when I see myself in another, it gives me joy. And I'm not a mother of two. Biologically, I'm a mother of two. But when I see youths, I see people who need to be helped to live even beyond where we have lived, not to make mistakes we've made so that they can bring the glory of God up. Amen. I remember, let me, let me share with you something. We all know the Corinos. They're not Corinthians, okay? There's a difference between Corinos and Corinthians. But I, I know the, if the person is here, doesn't mind. But Marlene has a, a friend who's one of those Corinthians. And the girl, a beautiful girl, a youth, I think just before she went to campus, she had all those, you know, headgear that they'll have for, for their religion. But Marlene told the mother this. I want you to let that girl so that she can come to my group and then I can go to her in church. Tell me about that testimony. Um, this friend of mine, uh, she, she was my classmate in Form 4, and she had the white turban all through. And after that, she got married and continued in the same thing, her and her husband, our Corinos. But when I went go to their house, seeing this small, beautiful girl, the girl was about one year, but with that thing on the head, I told her, this one would never be this, but this one will be a servant of God. She will serve God in big places. And she told me, don't say that. So after many years, I kept on telling her, your daughter will finally be my daughter because this girl will not be ignorant about the love of Christ. So she got to secondary school in the same outfits, long skirts, pretted, went to the secondary school, and I kept on telling the mother the same. She went to the university the same way. But when at the university, she came and told the mother, Mommy, I've reached a place where I have to make decisions for myself. I don't want to have this anymore. And the mother calls me crying and she tells me, now your daughter has finally gone your way. Now take her then. So I told her, thank God, because the day has come. She has a mother and she has a church. So I came with this kid to this church, and I'm so excited to see the growth in her life. She's still there. Yes, she does. She's at the campus right now. But whenever she's here, she's in the church. And she counts this her church. And for me to think of, yeah, you can praise the Lord for that. For, for me to think of such a beautiful girl, I've prayed for that girl, and having that thing on her head, looking like she's 90-something. That's complete deliverance. But more than that, she got born again. She got filled with the Holy Spirit. And all of this happening through care fellowship. Tell me something you told me. I want the church to hear that for you, care is not what? It's not a, a duty? What did you call it? Okay, for me, care is not a duty. It's even a privilege. Even to see brethren coming together. Because I know we don't just meet to meet. We meet to do the will of God. Just like pastor has said. When we meet, I'm also challenged, even by the young children. In fact, I'm so challenged, and I want to speak to even mothers in this congregation, and especially if you knew your child is not going for care anywhere, you are limiting that child. If you're in a place that you cannot, have, you cannot go to care because of the distance, then be the care host. 
Let this child enjoy care because from that you live fruit. For me, care is such a delight to be in. I enjoy care every time because I know a change of life. We never meet and remain the same. Not only the ones who come, even for me. There are times I've, I've been there in care. I've come from work feeling a bit tired. But when I start serving and everything is over, it's like I've started again. No, Adam, I'm not growing that old. Hallelujah. Thank you, Malina. We appreciate the Lord for, for her. Now, we have a member from her, uh, from her group. Come on, Mark. Tell us about what this care, going for care has meant to your life. You started going there when you were what, in primary school or what? <laughs> Since uh, I, was, I started coming to church. Okay. Yeah. How old were you when you came to church? I think around five. Yes, can you imagine he was five years when he came to church? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm Mark. I, I go to Zima One Care. Marlene is my host. And uh, they called me Mr. Chairman in care. <laughs> I've been titled that recently. But uh, what has stood up for me are two things. First, my care host is one of the most welcoming, warmest people I know in this world. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, she, she always tells us, we, you have a bed. If you, if you want to sleep, you can sleep. Uh, we, we are fed. We are fed well. <laughs> every, every care member in Zuma can testify to that. Yeah, we are fed well. Uh, she has great love for us. And we can feel it. And we, we know it all in how she, she serves us. And another thing is the, also the members. Uh, we have really great members. Uh, there, are, there are times that are, throughout the week you have a tough week. And you come to care, you feel that lifted off. Uh, you, you are challenged in your faith. We have, we, we have great, great members who even give us testimonies of how their week was. And you, 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 try, and you come to find out that you are not alone in this work. Yeah, you have people. And another thing, the, the, the care hosts, they have ministered. I found they have ministered to me even at a personal level. When it comes to extended family, I have an aunt who had a surgery, and the, Mr. Coach came and visited her. And really, that was love. I saw love in that. And I was amazed. You know, mo mostly you don't think of the extended family when, when someone thinks about you, but they, they think even of the, our extended families, and that really is a blessing. And even we bring even prayer requests of our families, and I've seen even prayer answered in care, which is a powerful testimony. I've seen people even receive Christ. We make even an altar call. We have church, actually. <laughs> we have praise and worship. Uh, I've seen people even receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So it's been powerful for me. Yeah. What do you play there? Do you have drums or use a mtungi? <laughs> can answer that. Yeah, I have drums. You have drums yeah, in care? The snare drum. I don't know what that is. But, but just to say this, I, I hope the, the mother is there. Miss Carol, would you stand up, please? And where is the sister? Is McKenna here today? Anyway, the sister is not here. But I remember 
Pastor Gala in 2005 when his dad died. It was more of a sudden. And I was called and we went there through care group of Zimmerman. And how I kept thinking of these little girls. Uh, how, how old were you then? Maybe what? No, was it in 2005? 2007. It was in, actually in 2007 how young these people were. And to see them, the mother serving in church, and Mark serving in church, and their sister serves in children's church in praise and worship. God is good. We can grow in church as a family. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I don't know how many times I look at Miss Carol and ask her, how are the children doing? Then I used to call you child. How are the children doing? Just them growing up. But about what? 2007, about 13, 11 years later, seeing you having grown up, we say glory be to God. But I remember that reach out through care ministry going out when your dad passed away and we do thank God for you. Thank you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Uh, come on, Charles. Charles, I want Charles to say something. Charles, when he started attending our care fellowship, it was Kariobangi South. Civil servant. Civil servant. Civil servant. I think Tina and I had just gotten married, and, and this guy was in primary school. <laughs> he used to come in his uniform. I can't imagine all that. And then about two, three months ago, we had his wedding. Now he's a grown-up. Tell us what care ministry means to you. Um, uh, when you are our care host, it meant something else. Of course, having Pastor Davis as your care host, that was something. And I'd come very early because Pastor Davis would come an hour earlier, 5 or 5.30. And so I'd come early to hear Pastor Davis' stories of, of that place. Yeah, So I'd be very delighted by that. Uh, then I'd take notes when you were giving stories, and those stories I'd share them with uh, in my primary schools with some kids. Of yeah, so that is that was resourceful for me to reach out to my my peers. And uh, now I'm in the Zimmerman care too. It's a it's a it's a wonderful care. I'm practicing to to play guitar there. The mom is loving. Uh, I've seen her. Uh, visit my my wife at the workplace just to know how she's doing those are the levels of love you're experiencing from this guy and the peers there uh, the guys are just awesome we say at the stage of care at times up to 11 and you're wondering how are we going home yeah now can you think about him being in high, in primary school and then we saw him going to form one praying for him to do his exams and went to form one Jamuria High School. And now he is here married. You no longer say, now I go. You say, we go. Yeah, we go to Zimmerman. <laughs> now next time, listen to this. Next time we are going to do our training, it will be wonderful to see you in the training. Pastor, we have, we, we have lots of influence in the area we are in. And you are thinking how, when you say that you, you'd want care as uh, people hosting care, we were thinking these guys will come to our house, we can have fellowship. We are really looking forward to that. 
We'll talk about that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Now, that, that's fruit. People growing in church. Do you know one thing that I really enjoy pastoring is this. When you see people growing. And years and years later, you see them doing the will of God. That's what really it's so desire. To see 20 years, 30 years to come. Now, having said all that, we're coming in uh, this coming weekend. You've seen this banner over here? On 19th and 20th, we have now another change of destiny outreach. We are calling it bringing church to the community. And this is what I've said. Pascal, do you, have, do you want to say something before I continue, uh, finish up or, you are, or you'll come up later? Later, okay, all right. Let me say something over here of bringing church to the community uh, care outreach on 19th and 20th of October, we are taking the presence of the Lord to that community. And I've said it over and over again. I want you to hear it. That is not the traditional, so we think of a crusade. Where we go, you know, we sing like, you know, bariki watu andenderu, bariki, bariki, bariki watu mudiga, bariki, bariki. No, I'm not talking about that. We don't do that here in church. You, you understand? Shuka, shuka, panda, shuka, shuka, panda, shuka, shuka, panda, 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 shuka. I don't know all what those gymnastics are for. I'm, we're not going to do that. Present worship, what we are going to do, team, is we are carrying the presence of God. Just what we experience here in this church, we carry the presence of the Lord out there to the community, there are people who don't attend any church. And they need to experience what? God's presence. We went there to worship. That's why we want all of you as church members to, to come, to come, you know, all of us with your children, youth, all of us coming there to that community so that you can go and do what? Have an experience. And as you worship the Lord, let me tell you something. Jesus is the same yesterday. Today and forever, he will heal people. We'll call people to be healed. We believe God for the, the, the release of the power of God to heal people. And people's lives to be touched completely unchanged and see the need for Christ. So we are going out, actually, we are carrying the spirit of faith out there. I spoke to several members of our staff this past week, asking them, what is your first experience when you came to Victory Faith? Some of them say, I felt the presence of God that I never felt before. I didn't know it was the presence of God. One said that I, I came and I made sure my foot, my feet was on, the, on, the, on concrete. I wasn't going to dance. I'm not, I'm, we don't dance. We used not to dance in our church. Then that evening, it was an evening service. It was in Kasarani. He says that, People, now there was no even preaching, people started dance, dancing around the church. You know, with, with those handkerchiefs and all that. He says, I wasn't going to move. I stayed right in there. But when I left, I knew I needed to come back to that same church the following Sunday. He says, when I came back that following Sunday, I ended up dancing and the rest is history. He's been here all those years. <laughs> all those years. Listen, 
That's what you want people to experience out there. We're going to worship. We're going to praise the Lord. We're going to preach the gospel. We're going to speak the word of God. We are going to pray for the sick to be healed. Amen. That's what you are carrying. I want to be praying for this outreach. I want you to come with that spirit of faith. I want you to come lifting up your hands, not looking around who's going to be there. I want you to come on that Friday as we gather there. We are all lifting our hands. In other words, saying, this is the way we worship you, Lord. So praise and worship team and the choir, all of you. Amen. Spirit of faith, we are carrying it out there. We are taking it to, to Ruaka community. And therefore, in, on Friday, the venue is at the roundabout of Limuru Road, where Limuru Road, actually, the two roads meet, Limuru Road, and uh, which bypass is this? Eastern is the other one, Southern is the other one, this is the Northern Bypass. Where Northern Bypass, the two, two roads meet, there is a roundabout there, you'll see the banner, you'll see the platform set, that's where we are meeting, on that Friday, we start on Friday, the, the service starts at 5 o'clock, but we encourage you please to be there around 4.30. Be there around 4.30. It goes from 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock. And on, on Saturday, is a Mashuja day. We meet between 9 and 11 for flyer distribution. And this will be at the Quick Mart Ruaka. There's a Quick Mart in Ruaka. If you don't know uh, where it is, please. It's a, really, it's a central place. When you even go there in Ruak and you ask for where Quick Mart is at, you'll be shown. It's now between 9 and 11, that Saturday 20th, will be the flyer distribute, distribution, inviting people for the service and ex extending invitations to, be, to the people for the service. The Saturday service begins at 4, being a holiday, to about 6.30, 7 o'clock. Members are advised to arrive early at least by 3.30. Remember, we are the ones going to, to worship the Lord over there and praising the Lord. So we need to be there early. Those using public transport, uh, pick up Ruaka Matatu at 10 of the following points. They might be number one or seven at Audion Cinema or Banana Matatu, number one or six at Koja Roundabout, and you are light in Ruaka. Don't proceed to Banana. When you get over there, you say, my stage is Ruaka. And, and so, this is to all of us, church. Do you know we can impact that community? I'm asking, do you know we can impact the community with the spirit of faith? Do you know what I'm looking forward to? In fact, I'd say, I'm looking forward with, when they can allow us to go there to Garden City and just have our a, a worship service right there in, a, in an evening. Maybe on a, on a Friday evening or on a Saturday evening. And the same thing with, uh, with the TRM. We want to reach out to people with the love of God. The individuals that God has called us as this church that we can impact forever by just touching them with the compassion of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please, if you have, and all care hosts after this service, the care hosts will be standing right there. We want you to know the closest care group that you can attend. So after the service, you'll have all care hosts behind there. Please go and inquire. 
I need to be a member of a certain care group and the care host will assist you. Yes. You know, church, not all of us are evangelistic preachers. But what has been shared is so encouraging. I look at Mark. I look at Charles. Marlene, we're so appreciative for your mother's heart, your servant heart. We have other care hosts who love with the love of God, and we want to encourage you to be part of our care ministry. Now, you can see what is being prepared for outreach that you might go individually and try to do something evangelistically and not much will happen. But when we go as a group, we go with the same heart. We go in unity, in love, and in faith. And we have a purpose that we feel that God has put on our heart. And we've prayed and we've believed for the anointing and that God would show us his glory. We want to encourage you to participate in this because individually you might not be able to be effective in this kind of evangelism, but together as a group, In Jesus' name, we will go out in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I promise you, God will bring fruit forth because of our efforts. So, you may not be bearing much fruit at this point in your life. I want to tell you something about faith. Faith involves steps of faith. Don't wait till you think, well, one day I'll, I'll have a big crowd to preach to. No, start today with one step of faith by participating in the care outreach. A step of faith. You can pray. You can ask God, Lord, I want you to shed the love of, of, of your heart abroad in my heart for the lost, for those who are hurting, for those who need Christ. And I'm asking you to anoint me to pray and be used however you would use me in this care outreach. And so you may not be the primary preacher. Church, not all of us can be the primary preacher. May I hear an amen? But the preacher can't do and be as successful without you. It takes all of us working together to bring forth fruit in the kingdom of God. So I just want to encourage you. You may look like the least one. Anyway, church, I want you to know everyone has a part. Everyone has a part. You have a part to play in the mission of this local church. Yes, I encourage each and every one of you to begin participating in care. Participate in this care outreach. Church, when we're faithful 
in a little, God will give us more. That's how we increase. So be faithful in this effort of Victory Faith Church to reach out to the lost in this world. And I tell you, if you'll be faithful in a little, God will give you more. Pastor Davies, I want to pray with you and for the CARE Outreach. Maybe there's some of you here today you hadn't considered participating. We want you to participate in CARE ministry and CARE outreach. And Father, in the name of Jesus, just stretch forth your hands. I want to lift up Pastor Davies and in his leadership role in CARE ministry that a fresh anointing will be poured out upon him. Fresh grace, Father, how we need your grace to minister. Pour out your spirit upon Pastor Davies and reveal the will of heaven in his heart. Father, I'm asking you to enlarge him in ministry. Enlarge the care ministry in Victory Faith Church. I'm asking you to enlarge the influence of care ministry and the impact of care ministry. May all of our lives be changed because of the anointing that is on care ministry. May Victory Faith Church be used through the care ministry to impact the lost, the hurting, those who are confused and wounded, those who long in their hearts to belong somewhere. All of us want to feel like we've got a home and we belong in the body of Christ. I'm asking you to anoint Pastor Davies and the care ministry with great love, with great compassion, that all who attend care ministry have a sense of belonging to a family. Anoint care ministry anew and afresh by your spirit, Father. May those who have not been participating see the will of God in their hearts for the care ministry. May there come a fresh outpouring of love upon Victory Faith Church and upon the care ministry of this church. And may this love, Father, not remain just among ourselves, but anoint care ministry to reach out far and wide with the love of God. I do thank you for new things in care ministry. In Jesus' name, amen.